0: Upper Kayachad Heremus here, Served Heremus Devam Kansachanuramurdenam devaki paramanandam krishnaṃ vande jagat gurum so in the last class we started the section which, is, which speaks of the, sthita, the lakshana of sthita pragya from the 54th sloka of the second chapter of Srimad Bhagavat Gita till the last of this chapter deals with the lakshanas, the characteristics of a sthita pragya, the one who is steady in his wisdom. We found the question of Arjuna in the 54th sloka. Kabhasha, keshava, kim kim asita kim. so the first line indicates, as we have discussed, the first line is the question that that the one the sth, the one who is steady in his wisdom, what are the characteristics of such a person? when he is immersed in deep contemplation as the first line in deep samadhi sthita pragya saka bhasha samadhi stashya keshava. that the one who is in deep samadhi the steady one the wise one who is in immersed in deep samadhi what are his characteristics and the second line that when he emerges out from that state. When there's a vyutthana, he comes back from that state, when he comes down from that state, and he relates with the world, what, what are the characteristics that distinguishes him from the general public? That sthita kim how he speaks, kim how he sits, how he resides in a place, Vrajaitha Kim, how he moves around in this world. So, with this question, this section starts. And in the 55th sloka, which we were discussing in the last class, Bhagavan Sri Krishna replies to that first question. First, that what are the characteristics of a person who is deeply immersed in? The contemplation of his self. So, what's the sloka? The 55th sloka. That's the answer to that question, the first part of that question. Sri Bhagavan Uvacha Praja Hati Yada Kaman Sarvan Partha Mano Gatan Atmani Eva Atmana Tushta Sthita Pragya Stado Chade. So, The Lord is saying, O Partha, prajahati yada kamaan sarvan partha manogatan. So all the desires doesn't belong to the self. They belong to the mind, manogatan. So that which belongs to the self, that can never be relinquished. I can never relinquish myself. I can never jump out of myself. I can never jump. If you try to jump out of yourself, you'll be jumping along with your body. I can never jump out of myself. So, if all the karma, all the desires, were something which is a part of my being, which is a part of my existence, I could have never got rid of them. But they're manogatan, they belong to the mind. So, one who is immersed in samadhi, deeply contemplating on his self, what is his characteristics? All the desires falls off, casts off. Prajahati yada kama. All the various mental modules, which are fixed to the ego, hooked to the ego, clutched to the ego, they all fall off. As with the contemplation of the self, the concept of this limited individuality, which constitutes our ego, that has been hammered away. The will, the hub of the will has been removed. All the desires, which speaks of the various mental modules, innumerable mental modules with which our mind is constituted, they're all clenched. they're all hooked the hub of the will. They are all fixed there. When the hub has been removed, they all fall off all at once. So when in deep contemplation, your idea that you are not the body, not the mind, not the senses, you are the self and self alone. You are the Atman who is witnessing this body-mind complex, all the phenomenon which is going on, which constitutes this body-mind complex, that it is witnessing, but in no way it is a part of it. When in deep contemplation, that's the idea which gets fixed in my mind, so as that all the ideas has been negated, the hub has been hammered out, the ego has been hammered out. And all the desires, that's very important, not one by one, Sarvan, Kaman, Sarvan, all the desires, they fall off. It becomes something like a spontaneous renunciation. And then what? You become vacant? Even we find that in this world, there are the depressed person who has lost all interest in life. They may be contemplating suicide. Or even if not contemplating suicide, they have gone to a very deep depression. They also don't have any karma. Then what's the difference between a person who is in deep samadhi, all for whom all the desires has fallen off, between him and the person who is just a mere depressed person? What's the difference between these two? So the next line speaks of that. Atmani eva atmana Tushta. That he has relinquished All the desires, they have all fallen off because of the contemplation of the self. Now, when all has fallen off, then the self resides in the self. You're enjoying the bliss of the self. It is not something negative, like a depressed person who has lost all interest. Here, the bliss is in the self alone. Atmani, eva. Atmana the self finds satisfaction in itself alone. As Sri Ramakrishna used to say, that I cannot force out the West. I cannot say West go away. If I have to get rid of the West, the only way move towards the East, the more you move towards the East, the West automatically falls behind. The more we get established in the self by our contemplation, by constantly keeping the mind fixed in our real nature, the more the other vagaries of the mind fall off naturally. So that's the thing it has been spoken of. It's not something negative. As many of us take the spiritual life as something negative, it is actually something which speaks of the real fulfillment. The real renunciation is here, not something negative. I am renouncing something trivial. I am renouncing something trivial for something which is the real treasure. As a person met a monk and told that you are a venerable person. Why? No, because you have renounced. And then the monk replied, it is not me who have renounced, it's you who have renounced. I have renounced the trivial for something which is the real treasure. And you have renounced the treasure for something which is trivial, whose renunciation is greater. So that's the idea here. So I have renounced something trivial to get something which can give me the fulfillment in life, the fulfillment, the happiness, which we are in search of, that can come only when, in search of self, when we are immersed in it, the other desires falls off, not to disturb me anymore. In my life, I have found that in my attempt to enjoy the world, at last I am being enjoyed. The enjoyment never comes from the objects of the sense bhoga na bhukta this is a, we can never enjoy the bhogas they actually enjoy us like a uh, bee we came to sip the honey the bee came to sip the honey and it was enjoying the honey and when it was satiated it thought let me fly off to realize to realize that its wings has got stuck in the honey That's our condition. We can never get satiated by the so-called the sunset pleasures of life. At last we find it is the senses which is draining us, wasting us. So there is no such happiness in the sunset pleasures of the world. The only way is to retreat. And this retreat is not just to run away. It is in search of the real happiness that we are retreating from something trivial. And when that has happened, the person who has achieved that state is in deep contemplation, enjoying the beauty of the self by the self. And when all the desires which belongs to the mind, they have fallen off, know him to be certain that he is a sthita pragya. Sthita pragya. Such a person, that such a person is a man of steady wisdom. So that's the thing which was indicated in the 55th sloka. So the next verse, we will find that the second part of the question of Arjuna, that Kima Sitak Brajeta King, King Prabhashetha, how he speaks. How he behaves, how he moves around in this world, how he will be sitting. Sitting means how he resides. So, to all those questions from the 56th to 58th, these answers will be provided by Bhagavan. So, now let us proceed to the 56th sloka of the second chapter of Srimad Bhagavad Gita. What it says Dukeshu Anid uh Dukeshu Anud Vignamana Anud Vignamana Dukeshu Anud Vignamana Sukeshu Vigata Spriha Vita Raga Bayakrodha krodha Moni Ruchati. So Dukeshu in sorrow, in adversity. Anudvignamana, one who is not perturbed. Udvigna, in almost all the Indian languages, which has been derived from Sanskrit, we know Udvigna means to be perturbed. Anudvigna means to be not perturbed. So the one who is not perturbed, who is not disturbed by the adversities, by the sufferings of life, Dukkeshu. Anudvignamana. Not only that, Sukheshu Vigatas Priha. He also doesn't long for the happiness, the so-called the sunset pleasures of life. He has no hankering for them either. Neither he get disturbed, vexed by the sufferings, nor he is chasing after the pleasures of life. Vita, Raga, Bhaya, Krodha. Vita. Vita means he has forsaken, has been freed from. It's no more. Yes, in in Hindi we say Vitgai, means something of the past. That was, that is no more. So that's what is the Vita, what is the past? Raga, Bhaya, Krodha. As a limited individuality, these are the three things which constantly perturbs us, disturbs us. Whenever see Sukha, that immediately devel- from the Sukha develops Raga, attachment. And from Dukha, Bhaya and Krodha. Either we are afraid of it or we are angry that why such suffering came to my life. So Bhaya, Krodha is a product of Dukha or we can say <clears throat> that from bhaya and krodha, the dukkha ensues. From raga comes the sukha. So one who has gone beyond this raga, bhaya, krodha, attachment, fear, anger, sthitadhir muni ruchyate. Know him to be a muni. The word muni means manan shila iti muni, the one who is constantly contemplating Mananshila on the nature of the self, is contemplating on the self. So such a muni, as he is constantly contemplating on the self, so his total behavioral pattern changes. His personality gets overhauled. He's a total reformed person. And he becomes a man of steady wisdom. Sthita dheed, Sthita, one who can never be vexed from himself. Sthita, <coughs> and we can translate it as swastha. Swastha, generally, we say the one who is enjoying health is swastha. But that's not the real meaning. Swast means the one who is residing in his own self. Swasthita. Swastha. Swastha. One who is residing in his own self. Who can never be vexed from that. So always resides in his self. So such a person is sthitadhi He is a man of <coughs> steady wisdom. <coughs> Sorry. So such and how he has reached the steady system by being a Muni, by being Mananshila, by constantly contemplating on the nature of the self. So this is the sloka, which we will try to deal with quite vividly today. Because all these slokas, as we told, these slokas are like mantras. If we just read, get the literal meaning, that's of course how it helps us. But... One of the disciples of Ramakrishna, Swami Turiyananda. It was his daily practice. Swami Vivekananda used to say, if anyone is an exemplification of Bhagavad Gita, he is Turiyananda. That whatever I speak, Swami used to say, if you want to see the reflection of my words, see the life of Turiyananda. Hari Maharaj. A real, this Titha Pragya Lakshana was exemplified through his life. What he used to do, every day he used to read just one sloka of the Bhagavad Gita and he will spend hours just to reflect on it. It is just like the cow chewing the cud so that the idea sips in gradually. These slokas are not just for mere information. In the present world, that we are so much obsessed in collecting information. But that's not real education. Education is not the gathering of facts. It is the assimilation of ideas. The ideas should be assimilated as Swami Vivekananda is to give a nice example, that how pearl is formed. How the pearl is formed? A mollusk when gets irritated by a sand particle it, along with the sand particle, will, particle will dive deep into the riverbed or the ocean, deep into the bed of the ocean and it will tr- go on salivating, secreting over that irritant, the sand particle. It will go on secreting and those secretion gets solidified, crystallized to form the pearl. Swamiji is to say, that's what the real education is. Get one idea. Just don't go jump to something else. Hold on to it. Go on reflecting. Your reflections are like the secretion. Over that idea that was like an irritant. Go on secreting. And then you will find in the process, it is you who have got converted into the pearl The life has totally transformed. Unless the education becomes a nervous association, it becomes a part of your being, it becomes your reflex. As in the life of Ramakrishna, we find that the money with which we are so attracted to, we are drawn towards the wealth. And Ramakrishna in his spiritual life, in the journey, renounced the wealth thinking that it is an hindrance, it is an hindrance in the spiritual growth. His renunciation was so perfect that in later life, we find a very interesting thing. If he touches any metal, his hand recoils. Instead of going towards it, it goes away from it. He couldn't touch metal. He used to feel a tremendous pain. And Swami Vivekananda one day Tested that whether it is just mere words or it is real the truth, and he kept a coin under his bed. When Sri Ramakrishna came and sat or it unconsciously, he jumped up as if a scorpion has bitten him. Seeing that Narendranath, the future Vivekaranda, understood that's education. That he has assimilated the ideas in such a way that it has become a nervous association. It has become a, it has got associated with his nerve with his brain, with his mind. It has totally changed the stimuli, response, conditioning. It has changed the reflex. Unconsciously, even we are so attached to wealth that even unconsciously we are drawn towards it. And for Ramakrishna, through spiritual practice, it so happened that unconsciously, even need not have to take a conscious decision. Unconsciously, he will be recoiled from it. So that's the idea which has to seep in. That's why this education is not merely gathering of information. We take this slokas and try to contemplate on it. So today we will contemplate on this sloka what actually it is speaking of. So uh, I will try to uh, share the screen uh, today for uh, discussing this sloka. just uh, I will share a particular uh, the chart, uh, which with which we can understand this local much better. This is the idea which we will with which we will start. So that's the Lakshana, the characteristics of a person who is steady in his wisdom. But let us first start with the general, with the default mode of our living. For most of us, what has happened? That because of ignorance, avidya. We, have, we discuss it again and again. Because of avidya, the product or the evolute of avidya is asmita. The self seeing its reflection in the body-mind complex takes the reflection to be real and that's how the ego is formed, aham that I am, this body-mind complex, that's because of ignorance, it happens. The moment that Asmita comes into picture, from Asmita, three six comes into picture. Raga, Dvesha, Abhinivesha. This is the idea of Panchaklesha. One, two, three, four, five. Avidya, Asmita, Raga, Dvesha, Abhinivesha. From avidya comes asmita, from asmita comes raga dvesha abhinivesha. So, what is this raga dvesha abhinivesha? The moment I think myself as this limited individuality, something behind is echoing that you're eternal. But I am confusing. I think the body mind complex to be eternal, as something is saying behind, it is an echo. I shout my name standing in front of the mountain. From the mountain, my name, the pronunciation of my name is echoed back, I think someone is calling me from the mountain. So here also the same way, as if someone within the body is saying, you're eternal. So this uh, sense of eternity, which is coming from, which is echoing from within, that actually results in all the biological evolution. How? The moment when someone says within me that you are, you are eternal, but I find I'm not eternal. With a body-mind complex, I cannot continue forever. There are some favorable factors, and there are some factors which are not favorable for the existence of my, this limited psychophysical entity. All the factors which are favorable as I want to enjoy the eternity in this physical body, I get drawn towards them. The raga. Raga means attachment. The experiment which we speak of again and again, in a petri dish, there are some microbes moving around in a some fluid. So the microscope I see, they're randomly moving. Now I put a drop of nutrient in the center. I find that all those microbes gather a direction. They start moving towards it. That is raga, attachment. Because the self which has, as if became the micro body, wants to realize its eternity as a micro body. And it's drawn towards the thing which favors the existence of that micro body. That is raga. Now instead of nutrient, if I put a drop of toxin in the middle of the petri dish, I will now find the direction of changed it they are all moving away from it that speaks of dvesha and abhinivesha what is dvesha it means hatred there are so many unfavorable conditions in my life which i hate i have the power to get rid of it with my hatred with my uh krodha anger if someone wants to take away my wealth i am angry i am first what happens i hate that person and from the hatred comes krodha anger with it anger anger is a uh, anger is something which came in the process of evolution that when we found that someone is trying to take away with the things which is essential for my existence then of course i have to have show my anger so krodha comes from dvesha that when i am hating something which is not favorable and sometimes the external detrimental factors are very powerful. I simply cannot get rid of them by rage. I myself have to run away from it. It is so powerful. When the predator attacks me, I know it is foolishness just to charge him back. I myself run away from it because I have tremendous clinging towards life. That's bhaya, The fear of death is a product of abhinivation. So now in this sloka, you will find three things have been mentioned. Vita, Raga, Bhaya, Krodha. So Raga, we all have to understand, this Raga is a common thing to all of us. Bhaya is a product of abhinivesha, and Krodha is a product of duation. These are the things which guides us. The ordinary person as a being Of who is deluded, who are deluded by avidya. For them, this raga dvesha bhinivesha, which results in raga bhaya krodha, is something natural to us. All our activities in life are motivated by any either by raga or by krodha or by bhaya. Either by attachment, raga is attachment krodha and bhaya speaks of fight and flight krodha is fighting and bhaya is flight running away fight and flight response so now very interesting thing that what's our life is how these three these are called afflictions this avidya raga dvesha abhinivesha avidya asmita raga dvesha abhinivesha in the Sankhya school of philosophy, in the yoga school of philosophy have been termed as afflictions, glaciers. Why they are afflictions? Now we will try to understand that Raga is also an affliction. Because of Raga all the obsession developed. Whatever is favorable for my life when I am drawn towards it, when I am drawn towards it again and again and again, unknowingly, that's how the mind works, the thing which I hanker for out of necessity, again and again, that as if creates a path in my mind. This in the modern psychology, they call it neuroplasticity. And once the path is created, you forget the necessity. Just to traverse that path becomes your obsession, your liking. All our liking has developed that way. At Sri Ramakrishna in the gospel says, Kamini, Kanchan, Maya. Lust and gold is Maya. Why? Those two are the basic necessary for life. Without karma, without lust, even as a micro body, unless it's reproduced, it cannot continue to sustain itself. It knows very well as a micro body, it's not going to last forever. It has to reproduce. And through its progenies, it continues. So that's a must. Lust is a must. And wealth. Wealth, as a human, what we say wealth is actually the means of sustenance in the lower creatures. So without the means of sustenance, if I cannot sustain, how can I think of progeny? So these are the two basic needs, wealth and lust. And when they become obsession, what happens in our society, we find all the social evils are the product of that. Not only that, even if there is no social evils, in my personal life, it is the obsession which results in all sorts of individual problems. Not all sorts, a great factor of our individual problems, of our individual uh, Lifestyle issues have created from obsession. The common thing that the example which we give again and again, that a small child is not drinking milk, the mother adds a little sugar immediately. It starts drinking. It is an innate liking for sweetness. How is it has developed? It has developed that as our ancestors who never knew agriculture, who used to gather food, for them it was a big challenge to find out what is food, what is nourishing, what is toxic. And in short time, they discovered that in nature, anything sweet is never poison. Other tests, I'm doubtful. It may nourish me, it may kill me, but sweet is always nourishing. Out of necessity, we started collecting sweet herbs, sweet roots, fruit, sweet fruits. And that became into an obsession. And now we find in all the food, you go to the supermarket, anything which the people tend to purchase, sugar will be there. So now you'll find that the sugar content is mentioned. Kellogg's cereals, just to give. Previously, they really brought some healthy cereals. They found the others are catching market. Now later, they brought some other cereals which is full of sugar. However, we may say that sugar is something which is harmful, but we tend, we tend to take the sweet things. That's why knowing very well the harmful effect of it, the cold drink stills it sells. America is the highest consumption of sugar in America. So all the so-called food products, what has happened? The thing which was a necessity, That as a food gatherer, I found that to sustain myself, all the sweet things in nature will help me to sustain. But now it has become my obsession. Now, just see, because of this too much of sweet, taking too much of sugar, we are having obesity, we are having blood pressure, all the lifestyle diseases results from our obsession. So now, In this sloka, when they they say Dukkheshu Anidvigna Mana, Dukkha in our scripture has been spoken of as having three aspects. One is Adhyatmik, because of your own cause, because of your own lifestyle, you may have suffering. That is Adhyatmik, Adhibhautik, because of other creatures. Like in the olden days when we were in the forest, the predators were there. For that that predators may enter into suffering. That was Adhi Bhautik. And another aspect of Dukkha was Adhi Daivik. There may be suddenly a cyclone, profuse rain, flood, that may entail in suffering. So the suffering has three aspects. And all these three aspects at last we will find is dependent on our way of living. So now, just we understood that how Raga can get converted into Adhyatmik Dukkha, lifestyle diseases. The same Raga, obsession, is not only ends there. It results in some, it has some result in the collective aspect, the Samashti. The climate change is because of that. The depletion of biodiversity is because of that. How it has happened? Now, when we developed obsession, For certain thing. Then we are no more satisfied by our needs. Our life gets guided by our wants. As Mahatma Gandhi used to say, the world has sufficient resource to fulfill our needs. But it doesn't have sufficient resource to fulfill our wants. Needs are seeds. They have to be nourished but once are weeds. And today's world, we find that the greed as a collective aspect has resulted in the climate change. It is a greed, tremendous greed, that the way we want to consume the resource of the world, just we are expending all the fossil fuels. Everything speaks of at last, the tremendous greed that obsession is a collective. In one way, it has resulted in the climate change. And the climate change is resulting in tsunami in resulting in all the global warming of which we are so much concerned. So you will find how Raga at last gets converted into Adhi Daivik Dukkha. It's not only personal, I have even I have to my own uh, obsession in a collective way has actually resulted in natural disasters, Daivik. Not only that, the Samashti, this collective aspect has resulted in the depletion of biodiversity. Because of my greed, I will find that we are cutting other trees, forests are being depleted, this with the depletion of the biodiversity, that present day we will find that infection, this viral infection has become virulent. It's a great fear now that any time a new form of virus will come and again, will take us to that, uh, as if like in a coma state of existence. We were almost in coma for last two years. So much handicapped that why it is becoming rampant nowadays. When the biodiversity gets depleted, what happens, you know? With the immense biodiversity, this virus, they have their own host, the trees, the plants, the other animals. They're quite happy with this, in adapting themselves with those lives. When they have been depleted, this, all these microbes, the virus, they are in search of new host because their original, the, on the bio, this, this, the biodiversity on which they were depending, that has depleted, that has, that has been extinct, that is extinct. So for their survival, they're in search of new host. With the plants and the animals, no one wants to die. Even the virus, even the microbes have adjusted in such a way, it was a win-win situation. The plants were living, they were also living. But when they find a new host, immediately, they also don't know how to balance. First, it will be creating a havoc within our system. You know that, you have term, by this time, we are all uh, familiar with these terms, pandemic, endemic. All the pandemic at last has to become endemic. It's not because just because of vaccination. The virus also don't want to die. If the virus attacks me and I die with me, the virus also die. They need something to sustain. So they gradually learn how to stay with the one, with the host, with whom it has attacked. So they also continue to stay. They coexist. So it takes time. So the pandemic to become endemic, it takes time. But in the meantime, we find they have created a havoc. Millions have died. So this is because of the depletion of the biodiversity. The Raga, resulting in the collective aspect, results in the it results in depletion of biodiversity. Now, very interesting thing. In the olden days, Adi Bhautik spoke of what? If an animal, my predator attacks me. Always I was afraid. When we were staying in the cave, we always have to be very watchful that we don't know whether I am going to exist the next day because it was full of predators. The lions, the tigers, the other carnivores, they were there. Now we have created a society where we, have, we don't have to fear for all those things, but just see the paradox. The very... First form of life, the virus, the microbes, from where life started, they have become our predators now. This is like a cycle from there, the life started, and now it is they who have become our predators. So Adi some may say that Adi bhotaka dukkha is no more there, but just see the smallest form of life is has become the cause of our suffering so the raga the obsession can cause our adhyatmik dukkha by in the form of lifestyle diseases because of our obsessions the same obsessions in the collective aspect results in adhidayvik dukkha in the form of climate change and in the adhibhautik dukkha in the form of all the this, this infections the viral infections which has become rampant this year already we find the flu has already started uh, this picking up. So many people are getting flu. There is something called this monkey pox. From where we have we've never heard of them. They have started, this, this virus, they have started uh, adjusting with the new hosts. So that results in the Adi Bhautik Dukkha. So just see that Raga which we thought something very personal is not personal. It has some personal affect, as, aspect as well as the collective aspect, resulting in Adi Daivik as well as Adi Bhautik Dukkha. So this goes only to Raga. Now let us take this Dvesha and Avinivesha. Again, let us relate to that sloka Vita Raga Bhaya Krodha. The one who is established in himself has gone beyond Raga, Bhaya, and Krodha but we are speaking of the population in general as because of raga what all effects it is having on us because of dvesha and abhinivesha now let us take up take that what's its effect what's its detrimental effect dvesha we find finding expression as krodha abhinivesha as bhaya that Whatever things is detrimental for my existence, I have rage for that, anger for that. Finds expression as krodha. If the detrimental factor is extremely powerful, that finds expression as bhaya. Now this bhaya and krodha, these two results in dukkha. Sukha comes from raga. dukkha comes from bhaya and krodha. So this sloka is very important. You find all these are linked actually. These are not separate. When it starts with, Dukheshu Anudvigna Mana, Sukheshu We think these two aspects are different from Vita, Raga, Bhaya, Krodha. No, they are all linked from Sukha, from this Raga. Sukha is the product of Raga because of attachment. From all the things we are attached, we get, a, we get Sukha. And Dvesha and Abhinavisha resulting in Krodha and Bhaya. In dukkha, all the suffering is because of the anger and because of fear. Now, very interesting. Now we will to understand the Dukkha, how it has a detrimental effect in our life. We will try to understand it from the biological aspect of our existence. Now, very interesting, any creature has two modes of existence. Either it is growth mode or protection mode. If you go back to that example of the petri dish again, we will find that when there is a nutrient, the microbes are moving towards it. That speaks of growth mode. If I go and can what you say, that feed on the thing which is there, that nourishing thing which is there in the center, I grow. That speaks of growth mode. And if there is a toxin, I move away. That is a protection mode. I am running away. Now, from the simple example, you will find that this growth and protection cannot coexist. Going towards and coming away cannot happen at the same time. Either you are going towards or you're coming away, running away from it. So growth mode and protection mode can never coexist. For any creature, when it is in growth mode, the protection mode is shadowed. When it is in protection mode, the growth mode is shadowed. this thing as a human being, in the microbe, we easily understood that. In human being, it becomes more complicated. It's not that simple. So that when you are in growth mode, the protection mode gets inhibited. When we are in protection mode, not only the growth mode, there is something called secondary protection mode. That also gets inhibited. That we will try to understand. With the help of some example, suppose you went to a forest for a safari. You have, you're you're in the camp and most probably you had your, uh, some... Food as a lunch, you had your lunch, and after that, you feel a bit after lunch, we all feel a bit lazy, we feel like relaxing, and you are relaxing. You're in the safari and you are in the forest, in the tent, you're relaxing, and suddenly you hear the roar of a lion. And the, the roar seems to be very near. So immediately you get scared. And to save yourself, frantically you start running, that I should be away. The lion is something in my vicinity, I should run. Although I don't see it. I run and run and go to a, quite a, a long distance and I feel now I am safe. I am far away from the lion. But invariably you will find, though you have saved your life, but it is at the cost of indigestion. That after food, you were having a nap when you heard the roar of the lion, then you started running. Now, what's the entire thing happening in your body? After food, why we feel like having a nap? Because we are in the growth mode. All the blood is rushing towards your digestive system, your stomach, because it has to help in digesting. And as all the blood is rushing there, Sufficient blood is not there for to go to your brain, and that makes you feel drowsy. So when you're in growth mode, just see, all the blood is rushing towards the stomach, and that forces you to relax for some time. When you hear the roar of lion, immediately the adrenal system gets alarmed. That's the alarm system. What it says, immediately it will go, what will say, now digestion is not important. Saving yourself is important. If you first you have to save yourself, you can take care of digestion later. Even if you get a little indigestion, that won't matter. But if you have to save yourself first. So what happens immediately with the moment the adrenaline alarm is set in, what will happen? All the bloods which were rushing towards the stomach, all those arteries will get constricted because it's the same quantity of blood. I do not have extra blood to take care of my limbs. After food, I am lethargic. The blood is not even going to the limbs properly. So immediately I go to the protection mode. All the blood vessels which are going to my stomach gets constricted and the blood is rushing to my limbs because I have to run. So the moment the adrenaline alarm is set in, just see how even as a human being from the growth mode, we are going to the protection mode. And that is resulting again in in indigestion. So whenever in this present life, know it for certain, wherever we are in anxiety, worry, tension, stress, now you can relate that how it is affecting my health. I do get indigestion. I do get distension. And sometimes I think why it is happening. I think my digestive system is weak. Most probably it's not. Most probably I am overstressed. So just see the Dukkha at last can result in Adhyatmic Dukkha. That again, that it also becomes something like lifestyle disease, overstress. But for us, that here, here it doesn't end. There is another thing which gets hindered. When I am in protection mode, not only the growth mode gets inhibited, even there is something called secondary protection mode that is our immune system primary protection i have to run but secondary protection that immune system is constantly protecting me that gets inhibited now that again we we'll go back to that example you are in a safari now instead of having food and taking rest now take the example as you have got some flu you have been you are that's why you are not feeling well So you need some rest. So you're resting in the camp. And again, you hear the roar of the lion. Again, you run frantically out of fear. And now you find, yes, I have saved myself from the lion, but my infection has got worse. What has happened? The secondary inhibition, the secondary protection mode, the immune system, that has got inhibited. The body told me that I can take care of this infection later. First I have to save myself. The primary protection mode that has to take in. And so it is again at the cost of my this power to this fight the so-called my predator in the form of virus, in the form of microbes. So it results again in bhautik Dukkha. So in the present life, What has happened? We will find that Dukkha, because of stress, has something became permanent. This unnatural life where the stress is something permanent. We can never get rid of the stress. We say we are in the get set mode now. What is get set mode is? Take another example. Suppose you are going to take part in a 100 meter sprint. You are standing on the starting line. The one who is about to start the race, he sh- shouts on your marks. You stand on the marks. Now the adrenaline, this alarm system has been activated because all are feeling I have to win the race. So the, f- the body is now fully tensed. The adrenal system has. St- and now after saying on your marks, he says, get set. So you are just ready to start. Get set. And he never says go. So what happens? You're in the get set mode. That's the present situation. That all our so-called the immune, uh, the stress, they have some importance in life. If it's short while to protect us from the so-called impediments, little stress is okay. But that stress now has become something permanent resulting in that a civilization which is in get set mode and as a result we find we are permanently sick with all sorts of health issues and our immune system has got affected. (coughs) In one way we have depleted the biodiversity and increased the number of viruses and on the other side we find our immune system has got weak. We are as if inviting them more. So all this now, what has happened? Why? From where it has come? Because of Raga, Krodha, Bhaya. So just see how this wonderful sloka is. Because of Raga, Bhaya, Krodha, we have invited the host of problem in our individual life as well as in the collective life. So when you are established in the self, when the avidya has vanished, when you know that you are the self, residing in the self, that attenuates the Asmita, this tremendous egocentric civilization. That ego, the reformation has to come from within. We cannot just by changing the policies, now we are thinking to get rid of the climate change, This to take care of the issues resulting from climate change. So much policies has to be taken. All the policies will fall flat if all the reformation is from top to bottom, it has to be from the bottom to top, from within to without, where everyone who is driven by this ego, that ego has to be taken care of. The more we reside in the self, and that self again, as a collective aspect, is God. That unselfishness is God, Swami Vivekananda used to say. What a wonderful definition. That the if the this my my uh, what you say this individualization because of the reflection of the self in this body mind complex has resulted in this ego the spiritual unfoldment speaks of diffusing of the ego to get established in the self is the last word first let me diffuse the ego so that i can think of everything in a collective aspect First, let me think of God. Then I will think of self. This unselfishness. When there's unselfishness, the more we get established, we more and more get established in the collective aspect of life. That's what Swamiji is saying There's God. Beyond that is the self. So first, try to get established in that unselfishness by resolving that asmita. Then what happens? That we find raga, dvesha, Abhinesha, they start attenuating from that Raga, Krodha, Bhaya will start attenuating. That to reside in the self is such an important thing. And when that gets attenuated, it not only speaks of your personal illumination in the form of Dukkheshu Anudvignamana. When Dvesha and abhinivesha, they speak of Bhaya and Krodha, that you have attenuated. Naturally, dukkha cannot disturb you anymore because dukkha results from krodha and bhaya. So, that you have taken care of. So, dukkhesu anudvignamana becomes something, a natural state of existence. It cannot disturb you anymore. And sukhesu vigataspriya, you are no more. You have understood the nature of raga dvesha you are no more leoed by the ragas, the obsessions of life. Sukheshu Vigata spriha. How it has been possible? Vita raga, by going beyond this raga, bhaya and krodha. And you have become that way And when you become sthita dhi, when all the units in the society become sthitadhi, then all the dukkha in the form of adhyatmika, adhidaivika and adhibhautika, all the lifestyle diseases, all the concerns because of the climate change and because of the depletion of biodiversity, that is taken care of. And all the sufferings which come from all the in the present world is the viral infections or any sort of disease which comes from infection, which uh, speaks of Adi Bhautika, that is taken care of. So thus that's, you will find what happens that with your spiritual evolution not only ensures your individual liberation, it doesn't ensure only your own well-being. It takes the collective welfare also into account. In the present world, we find that we are not much bothered about your own well-being. We form societies and all, we have to take care of all. If you are not happy, how can you make others happy, it's impossible. But I have heard a very interesting thing from a senior Swami. He says that a person uh, (coughs) moves around just in the parties and all everywhere to just cut jokes and make others happy. But he finds that is not very effective. Why it is not effective? Very interesting that I went out to socialize with others and to uh, project my prominence by just showing others that I can that be a really a a person, resourceful person by making others happy. Why I went out? The first reason I went out because I was not happy with myself when I was alone. So just see the paradox, I cannot make myself happy, I think I will make others happy. I go out in the society to make others happy. Because I'm not happy with myself. With such attitude, I can never really change. So first we have to take care of our own self. That may appear as appear as selfishness, but that is the actual selflessness. The more I can get spiritually evolved, the more I can develop the tranquility, the more I can be a man of steady wisdom. And each and every individual becomes like that. If you take care of the units from the bottom, the reformation starts and the entire society, the real change comes in the society from that and then automatically it will take care of the collective welfare. And that's what speaks of the logo of the Ramakrishna mission which Swami Vivekananda coined. Atmana moksharatham jagatitayacha. Think of your own Moksha, your own liberation, your transcendence from all the so-called Raga, Krodha, Bhaya. Let them be the past for you in your life. Let them be the past tense for you in your life. Vita speaks of past tense. The more you can do that, know it for certain, you are contributing to the welfare of the society. The policies and everything comes later. Atmana Moksha, your own liberation. Jagat, Hitaya, Cha. These two are not separate. These two are this mutually conducive to each other. They are complementary. Each complements the other. So now just see the simple sloka. The simple sloka that it speaks of, what it speaks of? It speaks of the entire spiritual journey. The entire spiritual journey is been spoken of. There's each and every sloka. That's why we told is our mantra. What is mantra? Mananat trayate iti mantra. You go on diving deep between the words of these slokas. Each and every sloka becomes mantra. Mananat. If you go on diving deep within it, it will liberate you. Trayate means to liberate. It will liberate you from all the limitations of life. So that's how significant these mantras, these slokas are. So just see, one by one, from each, from various aspects, Bhagavan Krishna will be taking the so-called limited existence of our life and try to transcend it and you will find it speaks of the transcendence from the dualities of life as a whole. So that's the wonder of all these slokas in the Bhagavad Gita. So with this, we uh, will uh, just continue, uh, conclude our discussion today. We will continue uh, with this discussion again in the next class. We will take up the next sloka where we will find that the idea that how a liberated soul behaves with other, speaks to others, That will be indicated in the next sloka that Kim Prabhasheta, Kim Asita, Kim Vrajeta, one by one, he will take, he will just answer the questions asked by Arjuna in the succeeding slokas. So with this, we stop our discussion today. Thank you all. Namaskars.